Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Day two of actual practice for the University of Montana. Day six for the Bobcast. Antonio Brown's frostbitten feet and a little bit of baseball history. Hi, how are you? It is Tutel Nuanas here on a Wednesday afternoon. Hope you are having a fantastic day. Thanks for spending some time with us on your radios, on your televisions on SWX Montana, or on your uh, devices wherever you are, however you're doing it on the World Wide Web. Great to be with you. Hope you are having a uh, wonderful day. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway and Missoula Highway 83 in Sealy. We also are available on the stream. The stream available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That stream is there thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. You can catch the stream on the website, 1029ESPN.com. If you'd like to call, well, we're welcoming that as well, especially today on a Wing It Wednesday. Get your wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern with some trivia today. 329-1899. 329-1899, the phone number. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. What are we going to get into today? Well, a number of things. We went down to uh, University of Montana football practice today. Coulter and I did. This is the first one I've been able to attend. I mean, let's be honest, there's only been two, but I did look at it from the air as I flew in yesterday afternoon, so I caught a little piece of what was going on uh, about uh, 4.30 yesterday, but uh, got to uh, sit down. We chatted with uh, Coach Houck today, so you'll hear some sound from that here coming up uh, in the show, and, uh, and we'll assess some of the things that we saw, some of our takeaways, which again are at this time of year, you're watching guys do individual drills. Just a lot more about size, stature, how how guys look, and uh, and kind of move around and stuff. It's a little ethereal if you're not there, actually. Like if you hear people, I've heard Colter talk about, hey, this guy looks great, that guy looks great. But if you go down there and you see it, and you start to get a little picture of 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 kind of what 
you know, it's easier to assess who looks good, who maybe doesn't look as good, and what's going on. So we'll uh, we'll go through some of that. We do have Wing It Wednesday to do today. Uh, some trivia today. I'm going to do a little baseball trivia with you. There's some history that's been made uh, in the uh, yeah, anniversary. Some history made uh, this uh, this week and today in uh, in baseball. So we're going to go through a little bit of that for Wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern. Uh, we will hear from Bobby Houck, as I mentioned, and we may get into some NFL stuff. The uh, first day of Hard Knocks was yesterday. I have not seen the Hard Knocks, so I'm interested in it. But uh, the fact that Antonio Brown has frostbitten feet from a cryogenic chamber, it that I mean, that is a new one. Who was the guy, Coulter? Wasn't there like a punter who was out for a game from a fondue accident? Like he tripped and and all the hot cheese like burned his leg at a fondue party at his house or something like this. I mean, these are insane. What what could happen? How do you go into a chamber that's going to be 170 degrees below zero and not have the proper footwear on? I mean, that seems crazy to me. <laughs> well, um, doesn't Antonio Brown seem crazy yes. to you? Yeah, I mean that's. A very fair point. That's a very fair point. So lots of stuff to do today. We also got a bunch of stuff to give away in addition to the Wings uh, tickets to the Phillipsburg concert. We're going to give those away today. It's the Phillipsburg Outdoor Amphitheater uh, that uh, is happening on August 17th. So coming up in about a week and a half. And this is a benefit for the GSA, the Grizzly Scholarship Association. Bunch of bands lined up. Shakewell local outfits going to be down there. Laney Lou and the Bird Dogs, among others. And a bunch of stuff that they're giving away. We're going to give you tickets. So you can go down to that as well. So we'll get through all that today. Now, Coulter, I want to talk about uh, uh, this stuff that we have here. I want to go through some some uh, fall camp stuff with you. Um, but I'm going to start this show uh, just saying some things that you don't know that I'm going to say. Great. I had quite a rant the other day, so I can't wait to hear yours. It's not a rant, and you're going to hate this, but you need this. Okay. You are experiencing an existential crisis. <laughs> Here we go. We Therapy on live radio. This out right Oh, now. my gosh. You, I ever, since I returned, even before I went back, you just kind of spin in a circle. I don't know what I'm doing. Why am I? What are we doing? Why am I doing this? this is, I don't know. I don't like this. I'm not happy doing this. Not talking about the radio per se. It's got anything in particular, but just like, you know, you've been at it for a while, and it's just like, well, what am I doing? Why am I here? What am I doing here? Now, this is a very good question to ask. More people should ask these questions and act on them. What did you say to me? You want to be a paleontologist? No, I did not. Tommy asked me what I wanted to be before I wanted to be a journalist, and I said a paleontologist. I actually would not want to do that whatsoever right what, now. Do the, is that digging up dinosaur bones? It is. Digging up and analyzing uh, archaeological finds, basically. I mean, there's some good places. Montana's a great spot for it. You go down to Wisdom, right? Mm -hmm. the big hole, you can get sure. some dinosaur bones. Sure. So what's going on? What do we need? How can we make you a happy man? You know what? Oh it man! Take? I mean, you have give me a hundred and fifty thousand dollars so I can use it to hire people to help me. Okay. I'm six weeks behind, six days into this thing. There's no need to talk about this though because it's like Jeff Chode always says: put your problems in the middle of the table. Guarantee you want yours back. No, but here's the thing: this isn't a workload. Issue. I am trying to figure out what the meaning of all of this stuff is. You're you're very very. I understand, very but the thing is, the thing is, I I get it. Like the I I love the communal aspect of college football in Montana, uh -huh. and I love the entertainment entertainment aspect of what we do. I am just wondering if I am using my own mental aptitude to the fullest of its capabilities to impact the world in a positive fashion. Well, let me answer that question for you. You're not. Thank you. 
guess what? It's okay. Mm. It's okay. Is it, though? Yes, it is. Because the the, the main premise I live my life by is that I want to live a life where it takes longer for people to forget me than anybody else. Most people don't live like that. You mean people that you meet? No. Everybody. So you want to be a president or a pop icon? Is that what you're saying? No. And I don't think of it on a global view because I know that I'm going to live in Montana for most of the rest of my days. I just mean it in the little world I live in. I would like to be remembered with reverence and for a lot longer than most. This is different. I mean, being remembered with reverence and being remembered are two different things. I mean, you can just go suck somebody in their tooth and they'll remember you. I mean, that might be with reverence if you're talking about in my world. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I knew I, I said that deliberately. And as I was saying it, I was like, why am I saying this? Because he's just going to get so happy about the idea of boxing somebody in the street. <laughs> <laughs> why are we doing this? Let's talk about the Grizz. I, here's why. Because I want you to be happy. Well, I thanks. Want you to be happy. I, I think that anybody that... We talk about this all the time. We can, Let's go straight all the way down the rabbit hole. Why? We talk about this all the yeah. time. Yes. Ignorance is bliss, and if you choose to eat the blue pill, you can live in bliss for the rest of your life. Sure. If, as soon as your eyes are wide open... You're going to be a tortured soul, and it's just the way that it is. It's, it's, it's called the human condition. Yep. I, it's like we always talk about off the air, expressing gratitude for the things in your life that are good Yes, helps reaffirm anything when you're having struggles, wondering about the meaning of your existence. And I was really grumpy going to Grizz practice today. Yes, you were. I don't like the way that the world has changed in terms of the media. I don't like being considered part of the media, considering the current climate that people absorb the media through and the way that the the media is sort of the enemy now in a lot of different sectors of society. Uh, Quite frankly, I don't like being associated directly with a great many colleagues that we've shared over the years, but that's just a part of the deal. But I was renewed and revigorated by talking to some old, some good buddies down there at Grizz mm-hmm. football camp. You know, we saw Dane Oliver and Kaylin Anderson, yep. friends of this show, yep. Missoula Sentinel coaches, and uh, it's all good, man. And, uh, you know, Craig said, hey, why don't you stand in the shade? That helped me. That <laughs> helped me a little bit. See? Great advice from a great man. You know, the key is, is that, you know, it's the little victories. Mm. The things that you do, you know, the satisfaction. Here's the thing. You know, I wrote a couple stories for Skyline Sports. You know that? Yeah, your next one's due uh, August 29th. Okay. You know what? You're going to have it. I'm going to do it. I'm great. I'm into it. I'm going to make you write it tonight. I'm going to use your reward as an episode of Hard Knocks, but I'm not going to let you watch it until you write your story. (laughs) Okay. Can do. Great. Uh, But here's the thing. When you're writing, now I haven't written very much in terms of, you know, published works, if we can put it like that. It's amazing Uh, how good you are at it. It feels good to have done it, though, right? When you get the thing done and it's out and it's up and it's available and there's a certain, like, uh, sort of small rush to it, not unlike doing a radio show where now you're out here and you're doing the thing. And, you know, let me say hello to our friends on television, a television show. Hey, television guys. Um, You know, and, and so then it's out. But you've written so much. That you putting a story out there, it's just like, okay, next one up. 
the sensation of the the, the 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 effect of putting a thing out there that is yours, that is your work, your insight, your, you know, studious preparation and then, you know, articulation thereof and so on. And then it's out there and it's just like, okay, well, what's the next one? Because now you're six weeks behind and you are a prolific writer and Skyline Sports is a prolific outlet. And so you can't sit there and revel in the victory, <laughs> the small victory of every single, you know, two-a-day that you cover. Oh, can't do two-a-days anymore. But you understand what I'm saying. Uh -huh. But nonetheless, you do have to go, when you go post, you go, hey, how about that forevermore out there in the world? The glory of print, by the way. It's, it's quote-unquote, eternal existence. Shameless Amazing. plug. Shameless plug. SkylineSportsMT.com. Go check out the story I just wrote last night. It's it's actually, I, I thought it was, it was one that I thought was, was fun when I reread it. It's not complicated whatsoever. It, it, we played on this show after the Big Sky kickoff a soundbite from Bobby Houck talking about summer preparation and his enthusiasm about this season, uh, but also talking about just his philosophies on leadership, specifically pertaining to the quarterback position. And Bobby Houck said that he feels that he's maybe different than most college football coaches in the fact that he does not think it's essential to have a dynamic leader and a great player at quarterback. If you have one, great it's not essential. And he made a comment where he said, we won 100 games around here without it. I thought that was a short sell to a certain point because, <laughs> I mean, Craig, Craig Oaks is Craig Oaks is, is a one of the most cerebral players I've seen and also a absolutely dynamite quarterback. The guy threw 35 touchdowns in 2004. Craig Oaks getting hot down the stretch was a key factor to Montana going to the national championship game. Cole Berquist, a little bit of a bias on my side since I lived with him in college, but 2008-2009, Cole Berquist was a second-team all-league guy and that's with an offense that was handing the ball to Lex Hilliard and Chase Reynolds all the time. So it wasn't as if he had a ton of opportunities to throw for a million yards. And he was still pretty darn good. And they played pro football for several years. And Andrew Sell's kind of the forgotten man. But Andrew Sell had an absolutely lights out junior year in 2009. And then he kind of got caught in this weird quarterback rotation with Justin Roper, Robin Flugrad's first year in 2010. But Sell was so sweet in 2009. And so, you know, a little bit of a short sell there. But regardless, I think it's funny that Bobby Houck said that considering he has perhaps the most dynamic leader of any quarterback in the league. I think that Jake Mayer at UC Davis is the most cerebral quarterback mm -hmm. in the Big Sky Conference. Eric Beria at Eastern Washington is the most explosive quarterback in the Big Sky Conference. But as far as the guy who's the true rah-rah, in-your-face leader type and tough, and tough yep. we've seen so many times how often a, a guy who's a running quarterback can, can ignite a team he gets a big run. He bowls over a defender for a first down. He gets up screaming, signs for the first down. Now the defense is going to play better too. Mm -hmm. But most of those guys can't throw it like Dalton Sneak can throw right. it. And that's yeah. and that's I think that's where uh, the the bridge is. I also think that Bobby Houck made a very interesting analysis of Dalton Sneed's personality, and I thought it was spot on. He's a guy. Dalton's a guy that I mean, you and I've gotten to know a little bit. We yeah. talked to him for uh, quite a bit of time off the record in Spokane, and, and he's a he's a cool kid, man. He's he's a good dude. But Bobby made such a good comment. He said, most kids this day and age care so much about being popular and they care so much about what their peers think. And we saw it in spring ball last year. Dalton Sneed came in and was himself right off the bat and was you know, a, a very fiery, in-your-face vocal leader as a transfer quarterback. And that can rub a lot of people the wrong way. Right. And Dalton Sneed never cared. And he kept rolling with it. And now you can see he's the one first off the bus jogging the team onto the field for practice. He's getting everybody lined up. So it's ironic that Bobby Houck th thinks that he doesn't necessarily need that guy when he has that guy. And then in the story I wrote about on the other side, Jeff Choate says, 
I'm not worried about completion percentage or touchdown passes or accuracy or anything. I want the dude who, when he comes into the huddle, he is the dude. He is the dynamic leader. He is the guy that inspires confidence. He is the dog that everybody looks for. He's the alpha. It's just funny that Jeff Choate is describing Dalton Sneed as who he wishes he had as his quarterback. (laughs) And Bobby Huck says, we don't need him. But it's like on the other side. And then then Montana State has a couple guys who I think – the thing that they're lacking the most is their confidence and their bravado. I mean, Casey Bauman and Tucker Rovick are both six foot five. I mean, Bauman's six seven. Yeah, you, you look at you look at all day long, but it's the it's the who do the guys gravitate towards yeah. that maybe is missing. So go check that story out, skyonsportsmt.com. I thought it was just kind of a fun one. Uh, but I also, you know, this is one thing that I've always talked about. You know, I always try to be sort of the contrarian to uh, the cliches in sports and. I wrote about it actually in this story. For every Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees, there's a Joe Flacco and a Brad Johnson and a Trent Dilfer. For every Trevor Lawrence, you know, there's a Tim Tebow. There's guys that aren't necessarily the most crazy quarterbacks are going to win you games, but they can still you can still win at an absolute highest level, whether it's a national championship or a Super Bowl. Colter, some people like the Clark Fork, some people like the Flat Hood, the Bitterroot. My favorite river has always been Blackfoot. We finally agree on something. Me too. I love Thibodeau Falls. I love Rainbows End. I love the Blackfoot River. You know, if a company was smart, they'd just name themselves Blackfoot. By God, look at the geniuses over here at Blackfoot. They've gone and they've done it, and now guess what? They're working around the clock and around the state to lay hundreds of miles of fiber optic cables to increase hugely this the efficiency and the speed of communication across the state of montana it's pretty likely you already know blackfoot as a local partner for internet voice professional services anything you need to fuel your growing business but like you said they're building hundreds and hundreds of miles of cable across montana and right now they're expanding expanding their fiber network into bozeman san ignatius and other regions find out more about what blackfoot does give them a call 866-541-5000 or go to goblackfoot.com. That's goblackfoot.com. You can click on the link here on the Podbean site or if you're listening in elsewhere, just copy the URL, drop it in there, goblackfoot.com. And I do think that quarterback is the most important position in team sports, but I don't think it's as important as the bill of goods that the American people have been sold. I do think you can win a Super Bowl or a national championship without having an elite quarterback. 100%. I mean, you and I have agreed on this for a long time, that the the position of quarterback can be both the most important position in North American sport outside of goalie and hockey, by the way. But it, the, the most important position in sports, certainly in football, and be overvalued in terms of its importance. It's critically important, but it isn't more important than the other 21 combined positions that you have on a football team, not to say nothing of special teams. And I think that we're about to see an absolutely diametric shift that's going to affirm exactly what we're talking about. Every single time that a quarterback that is not one of the five best quarterbacks in the league signs a contract for $25 million plus million, it's going to reaffirm exactly what we're talking about. Because if you are to the point, like, what? think about what Dak Prescott's going to get. I think Dak Prescott's right in the middle of the league in terms of quarterbacks, right? I mean, yes, he, he's, yes. he's not in the top 10, no. but he's not in the bottom third either. He's, he's, he's between yep. 13 and 19, probably. Sure. As soon as he gets set amount of money and only these guys make more money than him, then every guy that's not quite as good as him is going to continue to then leapfrog. And then all of a sudden you're breaking the bank, you're breaking the bank. 
till we get to the point where the market will readjust, but we're going to go through a generation, like maybe a half a generation, a five-year span in the NFL where there's going to be so many guys that are getting overpaid and it's going to kill the rest of the teams. It's gonna. It's, it's it, we're already seeing it. It's why Jared Goff, Patrick Mahomes, and Baker Mayfield are probably the three most valuable quarterbacks in the league. Right. Because they're not making twenty five million. They're making one million. Yes. And you can actually pay for the rest of your team. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, look at Aaron Rodgers. How the? I mean, Rodgers is so good that the Packers are going to be a Super Bowl threat until the day that Aaron Rodgers retires, likely. But if Rodgers wasn't get the second highest paid quarterback in the NFL. I think the Packers have so much better of a chance. Yes. They would. They absolutely would. I mean, he's got Devontae Adams and no one to throw the football to. Valdez Scantling. I don't even know. Yeah. It's it's slim pickings. But anyway, the point the point is, is is accurate. The nice thing, I guess nice in college football, you don't need to worry about that. You got your scholarships, you can get as much, you know, as many good players as you can get, and it doesn't matter if you got all the good players. Uh, because they all cost the same amount, quote-unquote, cost. So when you come back here, Coulter, to the University of Montana, and we go out to practice today, and we watch guys move around. Now, you were telling me, you, you started yesterday when I rolled in about some of the guys that are uh, that you were impressed by that you saw yesterday. I spent most of the time with the offense today. I didn't see a ton of the defensive guys, but was there anybody here on day two? Because here's the thing people may not, if you haven't been out to some of these practices and stuff like that, you got a hundred kids running around. 108 is what Montana brought to camp this year. 108 at Montana, 104 in Bozeman. You got, you got I know, I'm interested. I want to ask somebody about that because the limit is 104, but I think, I mean, obviously the Grizz are not, I mean, the num- the 108 number comes from Montana athletic department. So they're obviously not announcing Hey, we're breaking the rules. I think that there's a couple of guys that are in camp that don't count. That aren't. You know, maybe maybe they're just like, I don't know how that works though because be, I have the gray shirt type of deal. Well, yeah, but like throughout that. my career though, there's there's always been guys that don't get on the fall camp roster because of injuries. Like right now, for example, last year at Montana State, Josh Hill, the returning starting middle linebacker for the for the Bobcats, he did not get invited to fall camp because he had had offseason back surgery, and they said we're going to add him to the roster later, but we can't use one of our spots for this guy mm-hmm. jabari johnson same thing he's not gonna be ready till october so they're not he's not in fall camp so i don't know where the delineation comes there but i guess we'll find out regardless like you're saying there's a hundred plus kids out there it's hard to see everybody right and you know you they you know eric tabers out there he gives you the roster that's obviously very helpful so you can go through and 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 start putting uh, you know, numbers to, to to guys and numbers to bodies and stuff like that. But I had a couple of guys that I thought, you know, were interesting to me to to look at, to see. A lot of young guys, because some of the older guys, you, you know who they are. You know, you're kind of familiar with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was I was totally in agreement with you, you know, about the tight ends. I mean, the, the, between, you know, you know uh, 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 the group of about, I don't know, four, five tight ends that all look we saw Colin Bingham. Well, I mean, we saw Colin Bingham coming out of the outhouse right when we walked up to yeah. the field. I mean, Bingham and Bingham's Deming. always been a specimen, but he he looks as good as he's ever and, looked. And Bryson Deming is a sophomore, right? Is out there, and yep. he's. I mean, they're almost they're, they're they're pretty indiscernible from one another when you talk about just size and body type, and they all look. Uh, like they've progressed nicely would be the, the the word to use there. Well, Matt Rensville, I mean, he's he's up to 248 pounds. Right. So you're talking about 6'4", 248, former high school All-State basketball player. I mean, he's got a 35-inch-plus vertical. 
best hands on the team, according to a lot of guys in the program. And that's saying something when you got Jerry Lou McGee and Smart Tor and Sammy Kim on the team. Renswell's going to be a, a real deal weapon this year, I think. A couple of things that jumped out to me, I thought that Levi Janicaro looked at among the other running backs like the biggest running back. I mean, he he is big and strong, and I don't know if, you know, how how talented is he in terms of, you know, his vision, his ability to cut, how fast, I don't know about that, but he, you said, you said to me today, you just got to get him on the field. It doesn't even mean you have to give him the football. It just means he... He looks like he's a guy who is going to be out there and going to figure out a way to help you out, whether it's paving the way, whether it's carrying the ball a time or two, whatever. But he is uh, he's a real deal type of football player. It looked like to me, I thought Marcus Knight looked OK. Adam Eastwood, OK. The one guy, though, that to me is the biggest. I'm still trying to figure out what's going on with him, and that's Garrett Graves. Garrett Graves is playing quarterback. And you notice what color jersey he's wearing, though? Was it white? Red? Right. He's What's wearing right? white. No, no, he's wearing white. white yeah. The, the, so the Grizz have maroon jerseys for the defensive guys, white jerseys for the offensive guys, black. but the quarterbacks, the quarterbacks are wearing black slash charcoal. charcoal. Yeah, right. Yeah. Gar- Graves is working out with the quarterbacks, but he's wearing a white jersey. Yeah. Which means they're going to work him in at other positions, namely running back on offense. Well, he is, you know, we, we, we've, we interviewed, you know, talked to Garrett Graves and a, is he, was he a four-time state wrestling champion? Two times. Just two. Two times. Well, I mean, what's the matter with him? Actually, yeah. he might have won multiple. He might have won even more, but he was he went straight undefeated his last two years. I know okay. that's the definitive stat. Okay. I th- I th- yeah, we'll 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 try and uh, uh, fact check that and find out exactly how many he did win. But multi-time state wrestling champion, obviously an outstanding football player, and couldn't wait, could not wait for the vaunted and and you know uh uh hallowed is the word but sort of rumored dreaded in a lot of cases dreaded in many cases winter conditioning that bobby hack puts together was thought it was going to be a great proving ground and to have that sort of mentality at 18 years old and you go oh yeah this is the type of kid that's going to thrive in you know in a program like this and you see him out there he's not he he looks tremendously athletic. He looks very very strong. He's not that big. He's not like a big bulky football player type of guy. But you can see, seems to me, the level of athleticism that he could bring to the table. And again, you talk about offensive versatility. Whether it's whether it's running back, whether it's a, a quarterback, or or whether it's something else altogether. But he's another one. You feel like man. He needs to get worked in some way or another because I thought he jumped to me because he's very unique. He's a very unique looking and moving guy. He moves with with great fluidity, with great athleticism, and with strength, but not the strength that's just muscle bound. You know, it's a very it's it's just sort of it's a much more sleek, if I can say it like that. He feels like he feels like a a a. a like a Jaguar sports car as opposed to just a straight American muscle car, if that makes sense, if I could use a car analogy, which I know nothing about. I should probably stay away from it as I continue to cruise around in my Hyundai. But that is, that's what I thought of, you know, about him. And I will be, I will be very intrigued to see where and how he fits into a role because for him to be quarterback is great. But let's be honest, the, the one and the two are both set. For the University of Montana with Dalton Seed and Cam Humphrey. So to have a guy like that there, it seems 
Like, yeah, you got to have depth at the position. Maybe he's the future of the, of the quarterback spot for Montana if, if they will continue to want to do and use a much more mobile type of quarterback, which I think is part of what this grooming might be for the future. But you, I mean, you got you, you got to let your horses run, as they say, and he would be one, it seems to me. Well, you mentioned the fact that he's not that big yet. Well, you got to remember he was wrestling at 182 pounds, so he's up to 202 which is good gains so far, For right? Sure. And, I, and I think if he was to pull, if there was a decision made that he was going to play running back or if he's going to play linebacker, I think he could easily become 220. Yeah, I mean, pretty rapidly. So, yeah, I think his physical development has a lot of potential. But, you know, I've said this a lot of times already on this show. I think the quarterback is Garrett Graves' like fourth or fifth best position mm-hmm. at the college level. Mm-hmm. I, I think that he has a lot more upside as a running back even an H-back or a tight end, outside linebacker, maybe even a safety, although I'm not sure he's quite fast enough for that. But he is, uh, I mean, when you watch him, he th- I mean, he threw he threw two picks while I was down there yesterday. He threw a couple not great balls today. But that doesn't, uh, it doesn't demean his uh, his athleticism. I mean, he's, he, he is a great natural athlete, and I think he's got an innate toughness that will certainly endear him to the Montana coaching staff. So I'd, I'd be interested to see where they find a fit for him. But to me, the white jersey is indicative of they're going to try him at some other spots in this camp. One more thing quick, quickly, Coulter, before we... Actually, no. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to come back to this because we spent some time doing some therapy. <laughs> Thanks. So, so we want to stay. We're going to come We're going to come back to this. We're going to get some Hauk sound together for you and do some of that. And, uh, and we will continue the ongoing conversation as it pertains to fall camp. We also want to get into some NFL stuff. But right now, what I would like to do is this. Let's do this. I want to combine these things. It's time for a Wing It Wednesday. I got some trivia questions for you, some baseball history stuff. 329-1899, area code 406-329-1899. We also, though, in addition to the winner of the Wing It Wednesday this week, going to give away a pair of tickets to the Phillipsburg concert. This happens annually out at the Phillipsburg Outdoor Amphitheater uh, in uh, Winninghoff Park in uh, Phillipsburg. And they got a lineup uh, on August 17th, going to be all day from noon to about 7 p.m. Some great bands. Shakewell going to be out there. Listen to Shakewell. It's a fun band to go listen to. Uh, Ryan, Chris, and the Rough Cuts, a bunch of others, home cooking, et cetera. Going to be food, drinks, auction, it is a benefit for the Grizzly Scholarship Association, the GSA, uh, and for the Phillipsburg Rotary Charities. So it's a great event for a good cause and a lot of fun. Uh, they're going to have a ton of stuff to, to auction off. How about this? This is my favorite one. Four tons of alfalfa hay is one of the one of the items. Listen, you got some animals, you need some hay, you go down there, you get it at, at Phillipsburg on the 17th. Anyway, we'll give away a pair of tickets with some wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern via some trivia right after this. 329-1899. Give us a call. 329-1899. We'll play some games next. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. 
Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. Time for a Wing It Wednesday. Nice to be back in the saddle. I want to remind everybody, tomorrow, come down to Red's Bar. We're going to be doing the show from Red's tomorrow. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're giving away tickets to the Grizzly Oregon game on September 25th. So you got, or excuse me, on September 14th. So you got to come down there and uh, get your name in the box. You can go down there right now, put your name in the box, and uh, then we will be picking a name tomorrow. So uh, come down there, hang out with us. And how about this? The first $100 on the tab, we got it covered. How's that for a nice start to your Thursday afternoon, 4 o'clock? couple of cold ones down at Red's Bar. Yes, please, very much. Uh, it is time for a Wing It Wednesday. Uh, we uh, go to the phones and we welcome in Joe to the show. Joe, how are you? Doing great today, folks. Glad to hear it, Joe. Glad to hear it. Now, here's the deal. We've sweetened the pot for you today, Joe. In addition to Wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern, which, let's be honest, you could stop right there and walk away a happy man. Am I right? Uh, you got it. I like to hear it. You can also uh, get a shirt, and also we're going to throw in a pair of tickets to the Phillipsburg concert. It's a, a GSA uh, 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 fundraiser with a bunch of bands, an all-day big party in Phillipsburg, which they do each year. We're going to set you up with that as well. So all you got to do is answer a couple of trivia questions. We'll ask you three questions. You get two of them. You are a big winner. You get a third one. We'll give you a shirt if you need help. Coulter is your lifeline, all right? Coulter, you got to be on today because I probably uh, haven't been in the sports loop lately, but I'll give it a shot. I got you. I got your back. Boy, some chicken wings are going to hit the spot. Tell me likey. Tell me what, wingy. All right, Joe, here we go. Baseball and baseball history. And believe me, Coulter uh, being your lifeline on this is uh, its a good thing. It's a good thing, okay? Okay. Here, here we go. Uh, question number one. On this date, August the 7th, 12 years ago, what record did Barry Bonds set in uh, Major League Baseball? RBI. That's a guess. I need some backup on that. I'll go. To, I'll go with my lifeline right away. <laughs> lifeline right away. Lifeline yeah. right away. Okay, go ahead. Uh, okay. Here. August seventh, two thousand seven. Barry Bonds hit his seven hundred and fifty sixth career home run. Oh. To yeah. become the all time leader in the history of Major League Baseball in career home runs. Okay. Would Thanks. you like to take I that one? I will take that one. It is a fact. Home run. Not into McCovey Cove, but in uh, San Francisco, and a a giant melee ensued for that baseball. That's the that's the lottery ticket right there. He hits that baseball to you. You go down there. You got a million bucks in your pocket. You know what I mean? Oh, that's I would I mean. just give it back to him. Ha ha. <laughs> 
Very good, Joe. All right, you got it. You used your lifeline. You used it well. Very good. Here's the second question related to the first question. What home run uh, champion, home run slugger, all-time home run hitter did Barry Bonds pass when he hit that 756 home run, a uh, baseball player who previously had 755 total home runs in his career? Uh, Hank Aaron. Henry Hank Aaron. Still the undisputed king of the home run. Yep. Undisputed. I think it's fascinating that Hank Aaron is somehow underrated. I think so, too. Probably an era that just didn't have the media attention out there. Maybe, I don't know, baseball used to be more popular. You thought really he had a great player. Absolutely. I mean, and I just mean underrated just in the terms of when you think of when you think of guys from the 50s, 60s, and 70s, I th- you certainly remember Henry Aaron, but he yeah. he is among he is among peer company like Willie Mays and Ted Williams and you know, Joe DiMaggio and Stan Musial and, and a bunch of other guys. Where when you actually look at the numbers, with the exception of Ted Williams, because he went to two different wars and really impacted his overall numbers. I mean, Hank Aaron has the fourth most hits in baseball history. He wasn't just a home run hitter. To hit 755 yeah. bombs and hit 305 for your career is amazing. And wasn't a bad outfielder either. Absolutely. I mean, he was good. I mean, he was. And I think, and I guess, if, you know, if he'd have been in more playoff contentions over the times, maybe more series, that might have brought him attention. But, you know, that's, that's the past. And so, anyway, yeah, great player. Well, uh, you are also a great player, Joe, because you've got two questions. You've got a basket of wings to the Desperado and a pair of tickets out to the Phillipsburg concert at the Phillipsburg oh. Outdoor Amphitheater. Congratulations. Very well, well done. Thanks. And here we go. Uh, question number three. Let's see if we can throw a shirt in there for you as well, okay? The, okay. The Minnesota Twins made a unique defensive play today. It's one that ha- doesn't happen very often. However, they have now done it twice in the last three weeks the Twins have. Can you tell me what play they made? Triple play. Triple play is absolutely right. Three for yep. three, Joe. Uh, well, thanks for the lifeline. Hey. <laughs> I it was RBIs or homers back then. I thought it might be tricky, so I went with RBIs. It had to be one of the two, so yeah. I'm glad I had my lifeline. You got it. You got it. That's why we got the lifeline there. You used it well, and you are walking away with a whole boatload of stuff. So give your information to Reese, and we'll get you set up with all of it, okay? Okay. Keep up the good show, you guys. Thanks, I'm glad Joe. football's back on, our, on the air, and I'm uh, excited about the Grizz. So thanks a lot. Talk to you guys later. You bet. There you go, Joe pretty good it's a pretty mm-hmm. good haul dude you know phillipsburg i think a lot of people go down to phillipsburg in the winter you know discovery and all that kind of stuff but hanging out in phillipsburg during the day on a nice you know summer day and so forth hard to do better than that no doubt uh all right very good we'll take a quick break we'll come back bobby how had some things to say at practice today uh i don't know if we find out what his favorite type of donut is but he does request donuts uh, from me for a uh, interview snafu. You'll hear that and uh, some more information about Grizz practice in the fall next. Coulter, you and I both know being healthy is a very, very important part of life. Am I right about that? Indeed, guess it is. Well, one of the things that makes me healthy, think you as well, fiber. Gotta have it. You sure do, man. You need to eat your fruits and your veggies, your bananas. You got to get all that stuff in. Maybe even some bran. Plums. All of it. Fiber is very important. Well, guess what? Turns out it's important to communication as well. 
You might be surprised to learn that Blackfoot and its partners have invested millions of dollars, truly, in building a fiber optic network throughout Montana, through Bozeman and around Gallatin County. More than 30 miles of fiber optic cable have been laid by Blackfoot. That's amazing. Impressive, innovative, and a perfect place with the way Bozeman's been growing. Click on the link below, goblackfoot.com slash ESPN. They're not trying to sell you anything. They don't want you to do anything. They just want you to know what they're up to and how they're improving communication across the state of Montana. So go to goblackfoot.com backslash ESPN now. How's it going? Is it good? I hope it's well with you. Thanks for being with us. Two Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. And uh, online at KurtzPolaris.com. Uh, if you uh, are looking for the podcast, good. It's out there. You go to any of your favorite podcasting platforms, tune in radio app, iTunes, Spotify, whatever. What do they have it on? Stitcher. <laughs> yep. Anyway, it's there. <laughs> uh, it is uh, brought to us by the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. So go listen to it, rate it, review it. We appreciate all of that. Thanks uh, thanks for doing it. Uh, we're going to play a little bit here from Bobby Houck, uh, from actually a fair amount here uh, from uh, practice today, uh, kind of a roundtable session with the uh, members of the media and uh, give you, you know, a taste for it. You know, what do you ask? How do you get, you know, what are you trying to find out right now? Some positional stuff. Thought it was, thought there was some interesting stuff in there, but you just get Bobby Houck in all of his Houkiness, which I liked very much. You know, some people, I don't know. I, I, I find him entertaining. I find both Jeff Choate and Bobby Houck highly entertaining for very different reasons, but I do find it entertaining. So we'll play this. We'll talk about it. Here you go. Bobby Houck from practice earlier today. All right. Fire away. Coach, on day two. Wait, wait, who's the new Derek? See, this is what happens. He wants to to slow me down. You know what I mean, Coulter? I'm all ready to go here. Now he's ready. Um, Okay, here we go. You're obviously not game planning, doing installations of that nature. What are you trying to accomplish in the second day when it comes to just teaching football? Well, we just we get more of the offense and defense in. That's that's uh, first couple of days, especially when we're in no pads. We spend more time installing the offense, defense, kicking game. So uh, heavy installation day, and then we'll get out and and uh, play a little bit more. We'll get the shoulder pads on tomorrow. Day two. Uh, what was your takeaway from day one? Uh, I thought the the veteran guys looked pretty solid, and I thought the new guys looked the opposite of that. Looked like hell, basically. <laughs> So. Is it important for the new guys to come along just in terms of the overall operation of fall camp? Well, certainly. Um, you know, the, the farther we can bring them along, the faster, the better our depth's going to be. So uh, they're competing for playing time. You know, that we expect them to be swimming a little bit, but we want them to catch up quick. Yeah, the tight ends are a group that made a physical impression at least to me yesterday look they all look really good i know that's a group you kind of you brought the position back but now in year two especially with guys with experience like deming Rensvold, you know bingham what do you expect out of that group and what do you think of just how they look right now 
Well, they, they look good physically. Uh, they had a great off season, all of them. They're, they're all workers, so that you know, all that time in the weight room should show up, and it does with that group. Um, we've got to keep recruiting that position, and, and you know, I don't have any assessment on the young guys yet, but keep recruiting those guys. You can never have too many of them. You mentioned the recruiting. Obviously, you're a great recruiter. Do you pride yourself on having the amount of depth at the positions that you have at depth right now? Well, I think it's key for, for you know, both short-term and long-term success. Um, so we just got to keep going. We're, we're getting there, but I wouldn't say we're there yet. Angel Villanueva on the line, the guy who changed his body a lot. What what do you want to see out of him during the fall? Well, we just want him to increase his level of play. You know, he, he's uh, committed to improvement. I think he's down about 40 pounds, which is helping him. And, uh, you know, it'll, it's a big fall camp for him. Is that left guard spot one of the more up-for-grab ones well, on the line? Well, grab, yeah. as you know. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean... They're all up for grab, so yeah, that, that's up for grab. You mentioned Angel's weight loss. There's about five offensive linemen that lost some weight, but they're still all over 300 pounds. So, do you like the fitness that they came in with, or where, where do you stand on just you know still being able to be big even if you are a little bit more fit? Yeah, I think you, you almost have to get out of the mindset where guys are trying to to gain in this day and age. You know, all the all the high school kids think they have to be 300 plus, and most of the time when they come in, uh, you know, over 300. There's a handful of them that this isn't the case there's no absolutes but most of the time when they come in and they're 330 335 they're not fit and we need to we need to be fit enough to move our feet and compete and knock people around so you're Jonas sorry Dalton um, had a lot of you know good things to say about Cy Sermon um, at, the, at the center position um, and just talk about like what what it's been like for him finding a, a home at center and uh, what you expect from him uh, well, you know, Sai's a good athlete. Uh, he's he's uh, very athletic for an offensive lineman, which is what you look for. Um, you know, he's grasping more and more of it, and playing center is just kind of the next step in his evolution. I think he, uh, you know, we had we had some film time last night, and and he's grasping everything really well. With a couple of transfers, you have a ton of guys listed in the secondary right now. Um, what do those transfers bring in, and what's the level of competition right there? Well, I don't know what they bring yet because I haven't seen them enough. I mean, so we'll see. We need to see if they can get on the field now or later. That's TBD. But, you know, they, they can run. Um, they've all got good coverage skills off the, the film we evaluated them on, and, you know, we'll see how fast they can step it up to compete for playing time. Chase Lewis kind of bided his time behind Josh Butts last season. What are your expectations for him as he kind of takes on a bigger role? Well, there, there better not be anybody biding their time anytime around here. You better go <laughs> compete. So I wouldn't necessarily agree with that assessment. Yeah. Um, but you know, Jace, Jace split times with split time with Josh last year, and uh, was a was a productive player. And he needs to keep going. You know, you expect guys to be better as juniors than they were as sophomores. So. Hopefully he plays better. Seems like among the wide receivers, you have guys that can do different things and different, you know, body types and heights and things like that. Is that kind of what you want in a wide receiver group? Like a bunch of different guys that can do different things, or does it really matter to you? Yeah, I mean, if you get three Calvin Johnsons and throw them out there, then you do that. But that's <laughs> not real world, right? So um, you get the best player you can, and we, we plug him in. Um, <clears throat> certainly, we <coughs> excuse me. 
Um, certainly, we don't want all little guys, but you know, the the, the smaller in stature guys that have some quickness and some explosive ability have a have a place in this offense. So there you go, Bobby Houck from earlier this afternoon, uh, just going through a, a few of the things that have to do with camp. Yes, we would like to have uh, three Calvin Johnsons. I think I'd like to have one Calvin Johnson for that matter. Well, they uh, might have the Calvin Sam, Johnson of the FCS. Pretty close, exactly. Uh, that's uh, that's pretty good. But um, you know, a couple things when we talk about installing the offense and the defense, right, Coulter? You see them running. They get their playbook. They're running through plays. They have, you know, essentially a seven on seven. Not even. I mean, it's like a really like a five on five with just. The skill, no line. Basically, they're playing skeleton with no line and skeleton. Skelly. And running through each and every play, what is your responsibility? What do you do? You go through it and, and you, you memorize it so each guy knows for sure where he's going on any given play. They have a set of plays and they have a, a, you know an offense and a defense that they install and all that kind of stuff. What I would like to know is you put this stuff in, it becomes it becomes uh, 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 just, I don't want to say rote in terms of boring, but it becomes, there's such repetition to it, it becomes automatic. I mean, that's the idea here, that, the, that, that you, don't, you just know instantly what it is that you got to do so you don't have mistakes and so forth like this. But then when it becomes time for a game plan against a given opponent, how does that work, Coulter? Because... You know, the thing for the New England Patriots, right? Everybody says, well, they don't even have an offense and a defense. They just have whatever they're going to do that week. And it's all brand new the week before. And that's part of the genius of Bill Belichick. Now, I don't know if that's 100% accurate. You got to have some things, I guess, that they, that they do. But how much, uh, you know, when you install an offense, and this is what the offense is that you have, but now you're going to do something presumably unique each week as well. How does that work together? How does that fit together? Well, you always hear, especially lately, the trend now is they call it. They they say they're going to front load the install. So you want to get you want to get every single thing that you could even think about maybe possibly running in a game installed. Generally, in the first three to four days before you go full pads, and coaches always talk about the learning curve of that. And veteran teams oftentimes they are not you know, the, the the cliche line that all football coaches use. Drinking out of a fire hose. Veteran teams usually aren't drinking out of a fire hose until the third or fourth day of install. A lot of times young teams are drinking out of a fire hose day one in terms of the amount of stuff that they're trying to teach them in the meeting room and then implement on the practice field. But I think that's one thing that's kind of lost on on people is that some of the most brilliant offensive coordinators in college football don't necessarily fit this mold, but by and large, most teams, they put together a game plan for a game that does not include all of the stuff. You're not, you don't have the, you don't even, you don't even really prepare to have all 80 of your offensive calls. You prepare to have 20 to 25, and then you go back to, to your bread and butter within the scope of that game. And I think that's sometimes why you see a game like the Grizz against Portland state last year, the package that you prepared just was incorrect for what the other team's defense is, or they completely surprised you out the gates. And Portland State runs that weird flex defense. But the the whole concept of the flex is that once the defense gets one step ahead of the offense, it continues to be one step ahead of the offense because of the funky way 
you can't get into a rhythm. But a lot of times, you know, if you, if you prepare this eight this eight personnel group package for a game like that, and then it's not good, you got to go into halftime and you got to scrap it. And that's why people always talk about halftime adjustments. What do you say to the guys at halftime? It's my least favorite question that ever gets asked because it's not what you say. It's what did you change at halftime? That's the question that the media guys should ask. It's not about the inspiration that the coaches say. It's about what they draw on the board to fix it. Jason McIndoo was the offensive line coach at Montana State for a long time. One of the best in-game adjusters I've ever seen. If if the packages that they had designed up weren't working, boom, he could just draw it on the board and and make it it right. And we've seen that here, too. I I thought, uh, you know, I thought Rob Fennessy was tremendously good at it. His tenure as offensive coordinator under Bobby Huck, a lot of people thought Fennessy's game plans were vanilla, and a lot of times they were, but his adjustments were always really good. And same with Craig Paulson on the defensive side for the Grizz as well. But also adjusting, it's not like you go in and you go, hey, we're going to we're gonna do something that we've never done before. You go in and say, hey, remember when we did the installations and this is one of your grab bag of 100 things? Right, but then you also have to make sure that it matches up against what you're going against, no, too, exactly. and that's the hardest part. Right. I mean, that's the, that's the work of the coach to figure that out. But he's not going up, and it's not like, you know, on the playground and you're drawn with a stick in the sand or on the whiteboard and going, this is what we're going to do. You go, here's the set of plays that we haven't used yet against this this is going to work here's why so this is what we need to be ready to do and and and, but the the work to know what to do is getting done right now that's Mm -hmm. the that is i think kind of the 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 part of the process of fall camp and what that is because you are learning plays right now that i don't know maybe it doesn't get called until november the 11th or whatever it might be but you need to be able to handle that and deal with it and granted it's not it's not learning 110 individual things. It's not learning your states and capitals. You you need to learn a dozen probably very broad things, and then there's specifics within that, right? I mean, when you talk about route trees and you talk about, you know, reading a defense and what that's going to indicate to you as a wide receiver, you learn how to do that stuff, and then the specifics of what you're going to do in a given play sort of come to be. No doubt. The other interesting thing I thought was that we shared, we only shared by half of what Coach Hag had to say. Check out ScottonSportsMT.com later on. Uh, I talked to him a little bit about the pass rush. Um, one of the most interesting stats I found yesterday in writing my uh, five position groups to watch, five position battles to watch, was that an edge player, a guy that plays on the edge, whether it's the stand-up defensive end that they have in their scheme or the strong end, only made one sack a year ago. And that was from Jed Nagler, who wasn't even a starter. Montana's defensive line only had seven sacks last year. Only one from an edge player. That's an incredible thing considering Bobby Howe coached multiple teams that had 50 sacks in a year. And he had multiple teams that had multiple double-digit sack guys. So we talked about that. We'll share that a little bit later on. But we talked about the offensive line. And Frank Gogolo from the Missoulian asked about Angel Villanueva's weight loss. And, you know, according to the official roster, he lost 23 pounds. Bobby Howe said he's lost 40 pounds. You look at him, he looks way, way, way more athletic. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's still 6'5", 300, so it's not as if he's an undersized guy now. He still is at three bills. So, uh, But I thought what Coach Houck said is something that I've been banging on the table talking about for a long time. I thought it was the biggest flaw in Bob Stitt's recruiting methods. If you weigh over 315 pounds when you're a high school kid, the chances of you being a good, like an athletic player are so limited. Right. You're just going to be so slow. And it's just, it's just not good for your development. I, I just think that the theory that Bobby Houck has in terms of recruit them, athletic, long, lean, 
and put the weight on. Bring them in at 240 and get them to 285, 290, rather than bring them in at 315. I, I, it's reflected by what the, they tried to do this offseason, too. I mean, Tyler Ganong lost almost 20 pounds. He still weighs 320. You know, Dylan Eichbeier lost 10-plus pounds to get under 300. Um, Sean Anderson, another Bob Sitt recruit, lost almost 20 pounds, He's but he's still at 301. Cody Canoose lost 17 pounds. He's still at 318. It's like Coach Hack was saying, that's plenty. I mean, if 315 is plenty of weight, to, and especially if you have added strength and you've had added fitness and you have added footwork, you're going to be better. The, the addiction to mass, I think, is a thing of the past, especially with how much of a priority speed is in the college game now. Well, and to your point, we talked about this kid at practice, but Colin Drace, who is a freshman, he's not going to play. He's redshirting in the whole deal from Tucson, Arizona. He walks out there. He's an offensive lineman, 6'7", 228. Yeah. And, you know, my comment to you is, is that's what – when you talk about projecting a frame, because 6'7", 228, it sounds big, obviously, if you're that tall, but it doesn't sound big in terms of an offensive lineman. It looks, it feels like a basketball player, yeah. right? He doesn't look like a basketball player, though. He looks like a football player. Like, he looks bigger than 228, if, you know, if, if I was going to guess – but when he's standing there with the rest of the offensive line, I mean, it helps to be six seven. So you're six foot nine with your helmet and cleats on. But uh, uh, you go, I'm like, well, well, who's this kid? Oh, well, he's he's not going to play for probably two more years. But in two years, he's going to be six, maybe six seven, maybe taller, and probably two sixty. And then he's going to be loading up on people and. And mobile, though, like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and fluid. And that was the thing. I mean, Mallory, like we talked about today, yeah, he's 315. He isn't him doing the crossover foot drill? Eh, not the prettiest thing you ever did see, you know? Totally. So, uh, you know, all that all that plays into it. I mean, the tight ends of Bobby Houck's first tenure at Montana, Stephen Failer, Greg Hardy, Dan Bowden. I mean, Steve Steve Failer was a high school wide receiver. He was he, he was a basketball guy. He was six foot five, 190 pounds. Mm-hmm. We didn't see failure our whole freshman year. And he came back, fall camp. Oh, Steve weighs 230 now. <laughs> what have you been doing, Steve? Lifting, eating, <laughs> hanging out at the food zoo? Dan Bowden, 6'6", 200, coming out of Trout Creek, Montana. By the time Dan Bowden was done, house. Yeah. 265 pounds. Yeah. But, like, lean muscle, can still move, can still run. Greg Hardy, a little bit heavier than those guys coming in, probably about 220, 225 Greg Hardy is one of the strongest, I mean, hardest is what I would describe him as. My brother has horror stories of going against Greg Hardy in practice because if you go heads up with Greg Hardy, (laughs) it don't matter how much he weighs. He's trucking you because he's got so much muscle mass. And I think that's, I mean, I think it's the right way to recruit at this level because if you're a six foot five or taller guy that weighs 290 pounds or or more and you are a division one football recruit, if you're good, if you're athletic, and you have lean muscle, and that's good weight, you're going to Alabama. You're not coming to Montana. Right. So that's why I think that this is the best way to recruit and develop. The, I guarantee you if Bobby Houck is here for a little while, which I expect him to be, the situation that is Colton Kintz will never happen again. Colton Kintz got thrown to the wolves, and you know he's six foot eight. He's a developmental guy. They wanted to have him in the program so they could develop him, but then all of a sudden he's starting as a redshirt freshman at 270 pounds. I mean – Huge props to Colton Kynes for getting up to 304 now. So now he's 6'8", 304. Mm-hmm. 
That's going to help him a ton. But you don't want to be in the situation where he's having to play as a redshirt freshman. Right. You can get to the situation where he doesn't have to play until he's a redshirt junior. Now, all of a sudden, you have a guy that's just a plug and play. He's ready to roll. Sutel Nuance, 1029 ESPN Radio. Quick break. Come back. Hour number two. We'll get to get into the NFL. Right after this, hey, Coulter, still summer, bro. Still August the 7th. And it is still time to get out there and rotate at the hips and smoke that drive OB. You know, that's what I'm about. Get out there and hit the little white ball around. In your case, yellow. Got to be able to see it. You know, you're 9 out of 10 on the worst dives ever kind of thing that you got going. You got to get a – if there's ever a golf ball that can literally catch on fire while you hit it, you know what I mean? And then you just can see the thing fly. That's the one you need. Burn it out there, setting the weeds aflame. Maybe that's not a great idea. Anyhow, it is a great idea to get out to Canyon River. Canyon River Golf Club has – a spectacular setting. It is in prime shape. It doesn't get better than this right now. Sitting there along the Clark Fork River, watching the kids float by. Actually, you're really not because you're protected from the kids on the golf course. It's nice. They put up a nice big hedge all the way around. But it is awesome to go out there. I've been telling you, we've been telling you all year long about the brand new fleet of golf carts. If you have it better, if you have, you know how great it is. The shark experience, to be able to have an interactive uh, 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 golf uh, touch screen see every hole distances to the pins to the greens to hazards set up shots tell me how far off of the fairway i am in my case and believe me <laughs> i'm not alone okay if you're listen good golfers the shark experience is still knifed for mediocre golfers like the most of us it's the biggest help in the world because you can't tell how far away you are from whatever it is you're trying to get to it's awesome surround sound you can order food on the thing you can plug in your bluetooth Coulter and i we got you know the new tool albums coming out later i don't know how loud they want us to play that on the golf course but hey why not you know you got the bluetooth you link into that thing you're rocking and rolling also they have they have the uh fin cycles it's a motorcycle golf cart it goes fast. It's a lot of fun. It's a great way to play around a golf, and you can play it in a hurry, too, on those things flying around the course. They got them, six of them out there. If you don't want to use the cart, you can use the motorcycle and go riding around on that. Canyon River, online at canyonrivergolfclub.com. Set tee times online. Save a ton of money. Great time of year to go play golf. Canyon River, Missoula's ultimate golf experience. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 